Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, April 5th. Happy Travel Tuesday out there, folks, and happy National Deep Dish Pizza Day. Uh, I need to get back to Chicago and get me some Giordano's pizza. That's my favorite. Are, are you team Giordano's out there? Are you team Lou's? Or uh, do you have a different spot you love the most when it comes to Chicago's deep dish pizza scene? Let me know, podcast at travelpulse.com. You can email me your thoughts on that or your thoughts on the show, anything travel-related. I'm all ears. I love to hear from you guys out there um, and gals. Yes. Uh, so if you could, you know, I'd, I'd also love for you to leave a review wherever you listen to the show. Um, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, if you're listening on desktop in our article version of this, uh, shoot me an email. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the best way to reach me. So joining me later on the show today is Bruce Wallen, travel editor and writer and host of the Travel That Matters podcast. Bruce and I chat on how to make travel truly matter in today's age and some examples on how to do so. So check that out later on in the show. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, Let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with the wave of positive news that keeps flowing in for the cruise industry. The CDC lifted its health notice for cruise travel, saying in a statement, quote, travelers will make their own risk assessments when choosing to travel on a cruise ship, much like they do in all other travel settings. Where's that been for a while, am I right? So, you know, the industry reaction was strong. Advisors, suppliers, and passengers were all thrilled at this news. You know, and the timing was great too. It actually, the, the announcement happened last week. Um, while so many of the industry had, were gathered together at the Cruise Line International Association's 2022 Cruise 360 Conference down in Florida, so the big message at that event too was uh, how optimistic cruise lines are feeling about things moving forward. Cruise Planner CEO and founder Michelle Fee, former guest of the podcast here, she had a wonderful statement. I wanted to read for you now. She heard the news of the conference and said, uh, "Quote: We're here at Clea's Cruise 360, and this this week, and this news could not have come at a better time." We're thrilled to see the CDC taking these positive steps to rightfully recognize the steadfast work the industry has done to ensure clients' health and safety from day one. We're confident that pent-up demand for travel, coupled with the exceptional work cruise lines continue to do, will help propel us toward a full industry recovery sooner rather than later. End quote. So it's time to move past this. You know, it's time to move forward. I, I think, you know, there's there was a lot of hate towards the CDC, and there still is right now, and based on some steady Facebook commenters that there always will be some animosity towards the organization. But I think we should put all that behind us now and move forward into brighter and better days. The industry is looking up. You know, bookings are improving. Things are only going to get better. Carnival actually just said yesterday in a release they, they broke their own seven-day booking record. So business is booming around here, and it's only going to get better. So passenger capacity levels are going to start increasing too. More ships are hitting the water. So a lot of positive stuff. So I think we need to just, you know, it is what it is. It was what it was. It happened. It was unfortunate. It took longer than it really should have in my eyes and a lot of other eyes out there too. But, you know, it's done. It's over. The CDC has dropped the travel advisory on that. So let's move forward and let's get going with a better and stronger industry. Cruise lines, though, they are going to continue to play up the message that cruising is safe, is a safe environment. That's what they have to do. The industry still has work to do to shed that Petri dish label out there that so many believe to be true, which, you know, really is not the case at all. I've talked about this a number of times on the podcast before. I'm not going to go into that great of length in it, but if you want to know more on my thoughts on that, you can reach out to me via email and I'll gladly discuss that as why I don't believe the cruise ships are Petri dishes out there. And um, vast majority of people who think that uh, have actually never cruised before, to be honest. So yeah, better days ahead. We're keeping it positive here, um, as well as a more environmentally friendly industry too, as just last week, Hurtigruten announced that it will launch the first zero emission ship by 2030. That's their plans too. I would love to see that happen. 
2030 seems ambitious in my opinion, just on first take beer, but you know, maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong on this. Maybe it's, well, they'll have greater success on that. And, uh, but it would be huge for the industry here, you know? So I really hope that other cruise lines follow suit on this and, and continue their efforts to keep sustainability at the forefront of how they operate their businesses moving forward. The cruise industry definitely needs that on top of already showcasing that it is a safe way to travel. And really it's the safest way to travel right now, in my opinion. So destination wise, we're going to move over to the top destination news right now. And that's the CDC again, <laughs> they lowered travel risk destinations, actually two weeks in a row, they have not had to put anybody on a level four travel risk notice. So that's great right there. So yeah, they lowered risk destinations for more than two dozen uh, popular countries out there, including places like Canada, Panama, Belize, St. Lucia and Antigua and Barbuda, lots of different places around the Caribbean too. So Belize actually just lifted travel restrictions and St. Lucia uh, has rescinded its COVID entry protocols for vaccinated visitors. So you love to see that stuff out there, lowering travel risk levels and removing restrictions and getting easier to enter countries. You love to see it. So one place that's not so easy right now is Japan. They did lower their international travel advisory for U.S. and other countries. So, you know, they're okay with their citizens getting out there and traveling, and uh, but they're still really strict on letting international travelers enter to Japan. Meanwhile, you've got other popular destinations, Thailand, their new rules kicked off April 1st. Any tourist who is already vaccinated will not have to submit a COVID-19 test before entering Thailand. And a South Korea just recently opened, reopened to vaccinated travelers too. I saw a story that a lot of South Koreans are actually going to be traveling to Hawaii as part of their revenge travel. So if you're in Hawaii, be on the lookout for that. Um, that should also help Hawaii's travel business too. So Asia, you know, it is slowly but surely reopening. It's been one of the strictest continents out there when it comes to restrictions on travel right now. If you're vaccinated, you're in good position to visit many of top of Asia's top destinations. You probably have to wait a little bit longer if you'd like to visit Japan, as they, along with China, remain very strict when it comes to travel restrictions and a lot of paperwork and red tape to get through and everything. But, you know, those will go away in time, as we've seen many other destinations do. No matter where people want to travel, though, cost is always a key factor in decision-making. Um, however, travel advisors are saying right now that demand continues to outpace rising vacation costs. For the moment, uh, we'll, lot, you know, we'll revisit this in maybe three months and see how things are going. But as of right now, you know, that's where we're at. As uh, Claire Schroeder of Ele Elevations Travel told uh, Travel Pulse here that prices are higher, but not just due to inflation. Many hotels, especially the luxury brands, were already at higher price points because of the demand. Some are still not operating at full capacity yet. So that influences prices as well, end quote. And Jennifer Donchez, former guest of the show as well, of VIP Vacations, noted uh, quote, we've seen the costs for flying to Florida be the same as flying to Cancun or Jamaica, which was never the case before. She said, adding that U.S. hotel rates are on the rise for spring and summer. So domestic travel is going to see an increase as well. Not too surprising there, but um, she went on to continue to say that, quotes, it's hard, hard to determine if it's because of inflation or very high occupancy. Either way, the price, the pricing is much higher for domestic travel than it was last year, end quote. So, my advice, work with an advisor to find the best deals out there, folks. This is not really a time to be going at it alone, in my opinion, or really even booking everything online. Maybe you find yourself pretty savvy when it comes to finding flight deals and you get those emails. And I mean, there are great tools out there too. Shout out to Scott's Cheap Flights. But everything else, I really recommend booking that booking that deal with a, um, an advisor. They're going to find that deal for you much better than you will because they're so connected to the industry. So that's my take. I pretty much say it every week, but... I'll never stop saying it. So moving over to 
air travel news out there. We had some weekend travel woes, unfortunately. We had a pilot strike at one airline, technical issues for another, Southwest again, yikes. And then bad weather for all of them uh, led to 3,500 flight cancellations and 8,000 delays over just the weekend. However, between that weekend, Friday, April 1st, and Sunday, April 3rd, the TSA's numbers were 95% of where they were at the same time in 2019, which is just absolutely huge for the industry that, you know, despite all these cancellations and uh, delays, you know, impacting people that, you know, there's still positive news that people are still traveling. The demand is there. People are going to continue traveling. So I feel very confident of my bold prediction at the end of 2021 about how uh, Thanksgiving time, which is usually the most popular time for travel, we're going to hit that 3 million mark on the TSA numbers. So we'll, we'll see. Remains to be seen. Um, but I think we'll steadily hit the high tunes. Um, I'm very intrigued to see what Memorial Day is. I, I know that July 4th is going to be huge because it usually always is. Memorial Day, a little different. as not Some people are still uh, school times. You know, some people don't let out until, depending on where you're in the country, don't let out until, you know, June or whatever. But um, July 4th should be a big time. Same with Labor Day as well. So holidays coming up, I'm sure. If you don't have your plans yet, you really should jump on that because, as I mentioned earlier, prices are rising. So, other airline news out there, the TSA announced it would receive a 2023 budget of $9.7 billion, a $1.4 billion increase from the previous year. Wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so once approved by Congress, the money will be used to add more security technology, expand collected and bargaining rights for TSA officers, and update the agency's pay structure to ensure employees are adequately paid for their service. TSA also received as much as $18.6 million in funding to complete the development, testing, and deployment of algorithm updates nationwide to implement gender-neutral screening, uh, security screening. So I think that's great there. You know, this is a ton of money, uh, tons and tons of funding here. Uh, the $9.7 I mean, that's, anytime you say a billion, that's a lot of money. And the fact that you're getting an entire billion, almost a almost uh, one and a half, you got $1.4 billion increase from the previous year, is huge. So the idea here is that things are going to be very much improved over the coming years, is it too much money? Uh, it seems like a lot of money, but you know, it is for the 23 budget, 2023. So definitely something to keep tabs on and check back in a couple years to see if the TSA experience is that much more improved. Remains to be seen what we're going to get, you know, over that time. But, you know, right now you just got to think, wow, anytime I see billion, I'm just flabbergasted by that amount of money. But hey, you know, you, I'm staying positive here and I'm hoping that, you know, this will really improve, especially the um, the security aspect of it and the speed of which you can get through um, and everything, not having to take so much stuff out, you know, technology is advancing a lot. So that is great to see. And also, you know, TSA people should be paid properly. You know, we, they had to go through a lot as well, you know, over the last couple of years here. So they definitely deserve their cut too. Closing out the air travel segment news here in the world of weird, wild and wacky air travel news. Uh, we had the following all happen in the last week. Delta had a flight emergency, uh, emergency landing because of the windshield, quote, shattered. Uh, it did not break from according to the story, but the pilots reportedly told passengers over the intercom multiple times that it shattered and not to panic, uh, which, you know, if you're, if that was me and I'm told not to panic, like I'm probably panicking in that moment. As soon as they say windshield shattered, like I'm, I'm probably freaking out. But <laughs> other wild story, a man faked his resume to become a pilot was only caught because he, quote, pressed a button that no qualified pilot would press. Hmm, okay. And then the third one here, rounding it out, is in Chicago, at O'Hare, a man breached security by hopping a fence 
which in the process of hopping the barbed wire fence, he lost a lot of his clothing and then just ran around near naked on the tarmac. Was eventually later arrested, but a little alarming when it's that easy to hop a fence, which is what they were quoted as saying too as part of the issues. Uh, so which do you find to be the craziest or wildest air travel story from the last week? You can shoot me an email podcast at travelpulse.com. To me, I think the craziest one here has got to be the man who faked his resume and is out there flying planes saying he's a captain. This was happened for a uh, subsidiary, subsidiary pilot, uh, former British Airways. He was arrested. He claimed to have flown more than 1,600 hours as a captain. So, he, you know, red flag there when he, whatever button he pushed, you know, alerted the other pilot there like, mm, something's wrong here. Something's definitely wrong. So thankfully, you know, he was apprehended and should never fly again. But, you know, how much did he fly passengers around like that's a little scary out there you know i think i think that's the craziest one there but you know like i said i'd probably panic the most at uh being told my the window of the plane was shattered so (laughs) that wraps up though what is trending in travel any thoughts drop me an email podcast at travelpulse.com now let's jump into the interview segment of our show and joining me on the show now is bruce wallen travel editor writer and host of travel that matters welcome to the show bruce uh, tell us our listeners a little bit about yourself thank you eric very happy to be here um i've been a travel editor and writer for many many years i was uh, at i was the editorial director at rob report for about 15 years and uh, i've worked in in travel at travel magazines before and after and uh, it's something i'm very passionate about and continue to do today Awesome. Yeah. And we were just, before the show, we were just talking, um, you're actually living in Puerto Vallarta now You started out as like a, a three month thing and now advanced to a year. I think that is amazing. It's, you know, it's one of those things that, that I guess a positive that came out of the last couple of years is, you know, something, uh, my wife and I have been talking about it for years of like, you know, we really want to do a, you know, extended period abroad and, and, uh, just, you know, things came together and we decided it was, it was time. Uh, we were in uh, Puerto Vallarta and, and loving it. We came down originally for, the plan was three months. It has now been eight months, um, and I think we're 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 here for a few more. We're, we decided to call it, you know, the adult year abroad. There you go. Yeah, the, uh, a different spin on a gap year, I guess, if you will. That's so right. um, that's, right. that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the. Yeah, you can work anywhere. Part of that remote work life uh, that so many of us out there are blessed to uh, experience, and then a lot of new people kind of pushed into the wave of remote work and getting a lot more people staying with that now as that is shaping, you know, corporate travel as well as business and um, using a little bit of a leisure travel too. So, but uh, we are here to talk about making travel matter. And I think you uh, obviously are doing a fantastic job with that as you decided to live abroad and everything. So as, <laughs> as I say, you know, you host the travel that matters podcast. So tell us a little bit more about your show and how does one truly make travel matter? Yeah, so Travel That Matters is really about just kind of the world's most extraordinary travel experiences, really, you know, meaningful travel experiences that that kind of bring out the best in the in a destination and in and the person or the people who are traveling. So, you know, you, everything from the big ticket trips like African safaris or, you know, a Galapagos cruise to to very kind of insider experiences in, in destinations like Italy or maybe, you know, emerging destinations as well. But also, you know, very highly personalized travel experiences, like things from the Extraordinary Adventure Club, which does these kind of, you know, intricate weeks long adventures through, you know, the Sudan or through the the jungles of Ecuador that are very specifically designed to bring out the best in whatever person is traveling. Um, Ancestral Footsteps is another example of that. It's a company that 
founded by a, a former director of the show, Who Do You Think You Are? You know, that show where they go kind of explore the backgrounds of celebrities. And, and she does basically the same thing for travelers. And they're fascinating. I mean, the, the, the trips that she puts together are so detailed and you learn things about yourself that, you know, you would never otherwise know. And so it's really, it's kind of all of that. But, you know, what does travel that matters mean? You know, I think it can mean different things to different people. Certainly. I think, you know, there's the, the concept of local impact, you know, you want your tourism dollars to, to have a positive impact on local communities. There's also, you know, working with companies that are involved in wildlife conservation or environmental conservation, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the traveler, right? It's all about kind of the, the, the experiences that are meaningful for you. You know, our, our, our travel time is precious. We all know that now better, better than we ever have. Right. And, and we want to make the most of it. And we want to walk away from these experiences with a kind of a, a sense of, of discovery and achievement and connection and, and joy. And that's kind of really what it's all about. Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the beauty of travel, right? Is, is uh, exploring new things and, you know, it's finding more about yourself in the process along the way. So I, I love that. And, and it's a great show, too. So I, I do want to ask, you know, are there certain you mentioned, you know, types of travel and destinations and stuff. Are there some trending destinations or maybe resorts or any other suppliers out there that you think really excel at, you know, helping make travel matter to their guests? I mean, I think there's so many examples out there. I, I, I brought up the Galapagos, actually, and that's one, you know, whether that's trending or not, I'm not, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I actually was down there in February. First time I had done it, you know, it's one of those trips everybody dreams about, and I, and I, yeah. and I did it. And it was a couple of weeks before I got there, the new president of Ecuador had just signed a law expanding the Galapagos Marine Reserve by something like 23,000 square miles. I mean, massive. It stretches all the way up to Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia. It's, it, it's a huge, huge deal for conservation for this region. And that doesn't happen without tourism, right? I mean, you know, the reason why Ecuador can do that is because tourists spend a lot of money in the Galapagos. So there's kind of a, an example. It's also though, you know, we were traveling with a company called EcoVentura and everybody, the whole crew, all the guides, they're all Ecuadorian. They love what they do. They love showing this amazing destination to, to foreigners. And that experience with them, like, you know, them sharing their country with us, sharing the, you know, the splendors of this region with us. And, and the fact that they loved what they do really, you know, brings out the best in, in us and, and, and our experience. And then on top of that, it's, you know, for me personally, I, I got to travel with my two daughters and, and, you know, we made great friends on, on the week long trip that we were there. And so it's that connection with the locals, but then also the connection with your, your family and, and new people that you meet along the way. It really, to me, it kind of encapsulated everything that, that we do, but you know, there, there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of other examples. Actually, one of the the guest on my show, uh, Bruce Poon Tip, I'm sure you're familiar with, oh, yeah. founder of, of G Adventures. Just an example of what they do. They have, Bruce invented this thing called the, or invented, created, created this thing called the, the Ripple Score, where he ranks each of the trips that G Adventures offers based on how much of your dollar as a tourist stays local, right? So if you're, you know, if, if you're staying at all local hotels and you're eating at all local restaurants on this particular trip, it gets a very high ripple score. If your money's going to big international chains, you know, obviously it gets a lower one. And I just think taking that approach and the transparency that, that they have there, you know, they'll, they'll rank their 
trips low if they need to, you know, but it, it really gives uh, the traveler a sense of how you're impacting people. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know a lot of people are really keen on that and making sure that, you know, where they spend their dollars is important to them and how and where it goes. And so I love that idea of the ripple effect. And I think your most recent episode, too, is on space tourism. So can you tease that a little bit for us? And how how does how did that play into, you know, making travel matter? Because it is sort of trending, I guess, if you will, it's it's the the future. The eyes are, you know, to the skies now, if you will. Um, But yeah, they're planning to make a space hotel. I know it's been in the headlines in the last few years of like by 20. 27 or 2030 or something like that. So curious to see your thoughts, uh, how, how that episode came to be. And, and, um, if you want to tease it a little bit for us. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So the, the interview is with Jane Pointer, who is the co-founder and co-CEO of, of space perspective. Uh, she was also one of the original team members of, of biosphere two back in the day. I don't know if you remember, remember biosphere two in the deserts of Arizona, but Jane is a fascinating woman. And, you know, I'll admit going into the show, I, space tourism is not something that I was particularly interested in. I just, you know, I, it, I, I see, you know, there's a lot of buzz around it and everything, but it, to me, I guess it's just more of a, like, I don't see myself doing it anytime soon. And, and so it really hasn't been a, a priority. And after talking to her, it, it changed my perspective drastically. First of all, <laughs> their trips are unlike anything I envisioned. Okay. I'm, you know, I think a lot of us have a, a vision of space travel as, you know, blasting off in a rocket ship and then soaring around the planet and what, it, you know, this is a balloon. They go up in a, a space balloon and you go up at 12 miles per hour and just gradually, gradually, gradually leave the Earth's atmosphere. And it's this like very pleasant, you know, there's a bar, there's music, there's, you know, fine dining. And you get up there and have this incredible view of the curvature of the Earth and, and, and everything else. Now, it's not the, the weightlessness and, and some other things that right. you might associate, but it just it opened my eyes to a different way of doing it. That's maybe not as expensive either. Um, and you know, it's also, you know, one, one good point about the space perspective as well is that it's extremely low impact. I mean, I think one of the arguments against space travel has been that, you know, the the environmental cost is massive for, you know, a few people to go up and into space and with space perspective, it's a space balloon. I mean, you're basically yeah. using uh, gravity and, and you know, I, 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 only, I don't know the science behind space balloons, actually, but it's, it, it doesn't require a giant engine. That's good. Yeah. Um, so definitely recommend people check that out. If you're, I know Space Torum is, uh, it gets clicks for us on the website anytime we talk about it. It's, it's an intriguing topic. So um, that's sure. his most recent episode there. And, you know, so a lot of our listeners here on this show are travel advisors. That's our core audience at Travel Pulse. So um, I'm just curious, do you have any advice for travel advisors out there on kind of steering their clients to making travel matter, making travel count the most for them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I don't, you know, I don't think every trip has to fit into these types of cat, right? You know, there's, there's there's an absolute time and place for just a wonderful beach vacation where you're not trying to be transformed or, you know, have, do anything too meaningful. You just want to have a nice time and, and enjoy and get away. And that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Now, if we're talking about these kind of bigger experiences, the ones that, you know, cost a lot of money, they take a lot of time and maybe it's a big, you know, distance that you're traveling like those ones do require a little more thought and a little more, you know, they, they have to succeed a hundred percent. It's a little more complicated. And, you know, like you, I've, I've interviewed hundreds, if not thousands of people over the year in this industry. And 
you know, certain elements come through certain attributes for all these extraordinary journeys um, are always there. They're always present. They always come up in these, in these conversations. And I, I call them the, the, the six elements of an extraordinary journey. And, and it's just, if you look at all the great trips you've done or all the great trips, if you're a consultant, you know, that you've put together, I think they all are there and, and I'll just, you know, run through them quickly. But I think, you know, one, the first one is, is fun. I think we, I think we overlook that a lot and we take it for granted, but if I'm not having fun on a trip, it's, you know, it's, it's a failure basically because I need to have fun. Another one is, is effort. So require, if everything's easy and done for you, it doesn't have the same impact on you as if there's something like, if you go beyond your comfort zone, if you make, you know, it can be physical effort, it can be risk, it can be, you know, cultural, uncomfortable moments culturally, but, but those are the types of things that lead to, to growth and discovery, which discovery would be my third point too. We all have to experience something new, to learn something new, to, to meet new people. That's a big part of any trip like this. Another one, which I think uh, a lot of your listeners know very well is, is surprise, right? The, the great hotels know this very well. An element of surprise, of spontaneity too. I would put spontaneity and surprise in the same place. Like so much we can, we can plan and plan and plan, but then the best part of your trip happens off plan. It's something that you, you know, you didn't expect you, you, you ended up meeting someone and going with them to this place. And, and that ends up being a highlight, right? So I think that's important. Um, the fifth point I would say is, is connection. And again, that can be connecting to the local people. It can be the connections that you form with, with your fellow travelers, with your family. Um, it can be the connection that you, you make to a place to, you know, really understanding a place more than you, more than you have before. And then the final one I'd say is, is success. And that that's a little more personal, but I do think that personal achievement and travel is a, is a big, big part of it. Right. I mean, I think that first of all, I think we become better travelers over time. So when we have a successful trip, it inspires us to look at more trips and, and, and maybe push the boundaries a little more and we get better and better and more open-minded as we go. And I think that, that, that really is something that we, we don't really think about too much, but personal achievement on a trip does enhance the experience. Let's face it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's where I, I always say work with a travel advisor because they can kind of guide you in those directions of making, you know, your personal experiences matter the most. And I do think, I do think as an advisor too, it's, it's, you know, like thinking about all those, the, those elements. I mean, I, I, we all know them innately, but when you really look at it and like every trip and, and by the way, all those elements fun, for instance, let's take fun. Fun is different for every single person in a family, right? If you're oh, talking yeah. about a multi-generational family, how are you going to ensure that everybody there is having fun and has the opportunity to, to kind of the, the avenues to pursue all of these other things, the discovery, the surprise, the so on and so forth. So it's tricky, but I, I do think looking at those six elements and then how they all come together for every single member of the traveling party is, is it pretty much guarantees success. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate you taking the time today and talk. Any any final advice uh, that you'd like to pass on to our, our listeners as uh, uh, travel lovers out there? Yeah. I think. Look. I mean. I, I think work with people who who love what they do. You know. I think the Galapagos example. They. You know. When you're working with whether it's you know destination management companies or or even the travelers themselves, it's like people who really love what they're doing and and where they're going. It it just brings out the best in, in everybody. 
hundred percent agree. And you can find that a lot in the travel industry. I've come to learn, um, in my few years now, um, growing and learning so much, you know, in this industry. So I really appreciate it. Um, if you want to just, you know, plug how people can listen to your podcast, where they can follow you on social medias, all that good stuff, uh, fire away. Yeah. Thank you. It's uh, travel that matters. It's available on pod, you know, all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, so on and so forth. Um, our, my social media, it's Bruce Wallen travel on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. And, uh, we appreciate your support. Thanks again to Bruce for jumping on the show today and talking about how to make travel matter, how to make travel count the most in your experiences. All great insight there. Be sure to check out his podcast as well. So that wraps up my show this week. Any thoughts you have, you know the email. I've said it a few times on the show already. Drop me a line. If you'd like to be on the show in the future, if you'd like to sponsor the show in the future, hit me up. We can make things happen. Have a great week, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>